Welcome back to HR Works Podcast, 5-Minute Fridays. I'm your host, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. I'm very pleased to have with me today, Carrie on Flat. Is that how I say your name? It is. Very phonetic. Nice to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, she is the Chief People Officer of Sipari, a new role for her. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider checking out the rest of the interview, which I will release on our Faces of HR column next Thursday, July 29th. There'll be a link to that column in the description. So if you're curious, just click down there. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the chat. Me too. Me too. Uh, What would you say that your HR superpower is? Oh, gosh. Strengths-based leadership. Uh, My superpower, or when I put on my superhero cape, is when I can meet somebody and learn what their unique strengths and abilities are. That's a good skill to have. Uh, Did you always have this power? Well, I think I had it innately early on, but I've developed it. I've also learned that my eldest, Sophia, also has this superpower. She's 13, so I think she'll be formidable when she hits her 20s. It's all about how you use it, right? How do you use those powers? Absolutely. For good and not evil. (laughs) Uh, What what do you think HR should never be? Oh, traffic cop. Um, um, It's tough for me to frame things of, of what HR should not be. A lot of people get surprised when they meet me because I don't seem like a typical HR person. And then I always ask them, well, what do you think a typical HR person is? And they think we should be uptight rule followers, you know, school marmish. Um, And that does not describe me at all. Uh, So I believe HR should be true partners, understanding the business, understanding the people and understanding ways to make organizations sing. I think they're confusing HR with lawyers. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> yeah, so many HR practitioners are also attorneys, so it's no true. offense. I'm just joking, everybody. I work with like a million, a million of them. Um, there's that always that interesting intersection between being risk averse, and then of course, as an HR person, you really do have to take risks. Um, you know, for for everybody. So if you're too cautious, I think it can really get in the way. But obviously, if you're too much in the other direction, that can cause other expensive problems. Yeah. Well, the way I like to think of it is I think HR practitioners should always be looking at the risk landscape. We should understand where the risks are. We should be able to articulate what those risks are and what impact those risks could have on the business, but that we partner with other people to include them in that decision-making, right? And if you can learn to use that risk-based thinking or communication, it can actually empower people in the business to make really solid decisions. Absolutely. And so much of it's just knowing where the boundaries are, yeah. you know, and it can be difficult to talk about those things because you don't want to say you can't do this. Um, in some cases, you don't want to put walls up because you want to encourage a innovative workspace. But, you know, if you think of them more like like guidelines or bumper lanes, I think it can be really valuable. 100%. I mean, we all know that there are some deal breaker things out there, just like there are with any other function. I think it's how we leverage our language and our coaching skills to ask questions, to be consultative, to be, yeah, to leverage that partner skill set that can be very meaningful because then we're not Dr. No, we're Dr. How do we figure this out? Right. Where do we go from here? Absolutely. I like that answer. Um, Have you seen any recent HR trends that have really excited you? I'm a big uh, nerd when it comes to recruitment marketing on the uh, talent acquisition side. I'm really interested to see what people are doing with nurture campaigns and next level 
marketing practices in the field of HR. Along with that, I'm also really interested in a lot of the automation that comes from different bots to support uh, end users or people with routine questions and then tiers that uh, through other support in, in service centers. Well, then you must be quite interested in all the things that are happening lately because it's, uh, I mean, it was always a chaotic mess, but it's particularly chaotic right now, wouldn't you say? Uh, for being an HR practitioner in the market altogether? For being a recruiter. Oh, recruiter, yeah. I mean, <laughs> recruiters uh, right now have Herculean jobs, right? Because they're, a lot of organizations are still in flux, right? Is the position going to be permanently remote? Is it going to be in an office? When does that happen? Now that everybody is in the market because everyone feels a little more secure with where things are vis-a-vis pandemic, there's, there's just a lot of work. Many hats recruiters and, and our folks in talent acquisition are playing these days. Yeah, it's interesting to watch it develop and evolve. And I'm very interested to see what, where we'll be at the end of the year. Because if you remember, I think it was around, I don't know, three or four months ago, maybe five months ago, this was going to be the start of the great rehiring. That's what they called it. Uh, people love naming things, um, bless them. <laughs> And now it's the great resignation and it flipped like that. You know, it didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. So now we're in, you know, kind of in this time where there's a lot of unemployed people. um, And that means there should be candidate rich, but candidates are also being very, very choosy about where they go. And, and they're not willing to accept things that they used to accept. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see how that all shakes out, you know, come, come 2022. It, it is interesting. And what I also find interesting on the sidelines is looking at the goodwill that some companies were able to get during times, uh, extraordinary times, not just the pandemic, what um, things that were happening in our communities and social injustice. It really was a powder keg of a few years with a lot of emotions. There were some companies that responded responsibly, constructively, and well. Some companies that took all of those terrible things, turned it into an opportunity to show how they cared for employees, their families, and their well-being, right? Those companies now are seeing higher levels of uh, net promoter scores, you know, employees who are looking to stay and develop, while other companies who might have been more reactive, less proactive, and may not have thought strategically about those things are now finding they are subject to the great resignation. And now they have to figure out how to respond to the market and how to, you know, pull people in when they might be at a disadvantage for, you know, online forums like Glassdoor and Comparably and and so on. Yeah, they really got in their own way. It takes a long time to stop a moving train and to to start putting it in a new direction. So, you know, it's uh, that's the market, though. And it's just it's just very interesting to see. Um, I agree. I got one last question before we move over to the other portion of the interview. Um, what movie would you want to watch in the theaters again, if you could? It's oh, a great question. Um, so my favorite movie of all time has got to be Braveheart. <laughs> um, and that's one of those things uh, right up there with Shawshank Redemption. When Shawshank is on on TV, I always have to watch it. But I think on the big screen, I would say Braveheart. And then if my daughter was interviewing, I'd probably say Titanic because that's how she would want me to respond. So she could join me as well. Against uh, everything that I was 
when I was that age, I went and saw that movie in the theater. You know, I was a, I was a teenager. Everything was stupid. You know, um, emotions were ridiculous. I don't know why I went, um, but of course I enjoyed it. I mean, it's and even after all this time, because it was sensational, right? And so some yeah. things are popular because they're sensational. Uh, and not because they deserve it. But I think after all this time, we've proven that it does deserve it. And uh, yeah. teenage me was just being ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I certainly hope you're all enjoying these smaller episodes. If you found this interesting, please consider checking in next Thursday, July 29th, when I'll release the rest of the interview via our Faces of HR column. And remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, at HR Works Podcast, and we are also available on Spotify and Audible, in addition to all the other places that podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.